Welcome to Busted Biscuits. I'm Jen Stanley. And I'm Jill Super. And today we are talking about conflict. Yes. Yep, we're going to get to that. But as <laughs> as usual, we want to start with an announcement. So we have our Biscuit Banter single session on forgiveness scheduled for May the 15th, which is a Monday night at yes. 7 p.m. It is going to be taking place in Cherry Tree. There's a church out there that we are utilizing. And so if you are local to Pennsylvania, we would love to have you come. And so we're we're spending a, quite a bit of time like prepping for this. Like we keep getting ideas about how what we want to talk about and how we're going to like um, what we want to share about. Yeah, there's a lot that's been kind of coming up and bubbling up and yeah. different, different resources that we've found that have been very helpful just trying to give us some ideas. So, yes. Yeah. So I'm super excited about this conversation that we're going to be having about forgiveness. Me so, too. Me too. Um, it's only, it's 15 bucks. You don't have to have attended any of our other events to go. So we would love for you to sign up. If you're interested in doing that, you can go to our website, which is bestedbiscuits.us. And so it scroll down and it's it's towards the bottom of the page there and you can sign up to come to that. So we would love to have you um, add this to your calendar. Yeah, get registered. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So today we're going to talk about conflict. Jill Super, how do you feel about conflict? It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, I mean, I've gotten better at it. Okay. I think I have gotten better at it. I, I feel less anxious about it that's good yeah I think for me well (laughs) yeah I don't I don't go looking for conflict like I'm not going to go stir it up but I'm not going to run from it when it shows up yeah like I don't mind having those hard conversations the awkward ones those are my favorite right (laughs) but uh, having a hard conversation um I, I don't shy away from it and so um but I'm not aggressive about it either right yeah so kind of finding that balance but I know that most of the time people aren't don't feel good about conflict very true so I'm trying to think of like some silly things that have happened over conflict. <laughs> so what would have been, what's the silliest thing that you've gotten in a fight with your husband about? Where a piece of paper is. Oh yeah. Do you, okay. <laughs> how, how does that go down? Uh, did you see this piece of paper? Yeah, it was over here. Did you look there? Yeah, I looked there. I didn't see it. And then I walk out and I look and there it is. And then I'm like, it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> It's my, my fly off the hand reaction, like stupid, stupid things. <laughs> yes. But they're all silly. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they all roll up from just being familiar with knowing how he is, that he doesn't, he doesn't look as close as he probably should. Right. So you have to <laughs> point it out like yes. your, your paper's right there. Uh, I was thinking about a common fight that my sister and I had when we were little, <laughs> like, uh, we knew we can joke about it. Like if, if either one of us wanted to pick a fight for whatever reason or, or needed like to level up in an argument, um, I would tell her that she didn't have any friends <laughs> and she would tell me that I'm not a Christian. Wow. And so, so those were our, them spotting words. Like if we were ne- needing to like have an argument for whatever reason, that's what we would go to. And so like, I think we can giggle about it now that that was, you know, that was our biggest insult for each other, you know, to, to say that. And so just terrible. So, so for this conflict thing, we've done a, quite a bit of yeah. research and like found a lot of information. Um, I guess I want to say that most of mine that I'm finding is really tied to, to like marriage relationships. I think it applies to like social and friendship relationships, even work relationships. But like I'm in a class right now um, in my doctorate where I'm studying about families and about relationships and marriages and stuff. And so like most of my stuff that I found is kind of geared towards that. But it, yeah. it'll apply. Yeah, it definitely does apply as we were kind of prepping and talking through just a few of the items that you, you had on your list. It, it 
it, you can see it how it applies in, you know, all of the flaky layer series. So, you mm-hmm. know, spouse relationships, kid relationships, fa- extended family and work relationships. It, you, you can use these tips in, in all of those. Like, Definitely. Places. So something about conflict that people have different approaches to conflict. Okay. So they can either avoid it. Like people just don't even want to have conflict. They just act like it doesn't exist and ignore it. Yeah. What? Yeah, well, I understand that one. Yeah. They definitely ignore it. Um, they could deny it. Like they just deny that anything's going on and just okay, kind of overlook it. They withdraw from it. Like they don't want to have the conflict. And so they just kind of back off. Like conflict is so uncomfortable that they just like don't even engage with it. Okay. Um, they acquiesce to it. So like they give in to whatever the fight's about. Like they don't, you know, they just kind of don't hold their ground and just yeah. be like, okay, whatever you say. Right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, they scapegoat. So they like Ooh. try to make it someone else's <laughs> fault. You know, they're, they're attacking and destroying in the conversation. Like they mm-hmm. have, you know, have aggression in that. They might be deflecting and like try to, to make the fight about something different. And they like create a new conflict so that you don't actually have to fight about what you're fighting about. I think at one point in my life, I've probably done all of those things. Well, sure. I, I, I feel like we need to take a poll and ask people. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of these do you do? You know, do you identify with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, that's kind of heavy. And so like, doesn't the list here doesn't really include like pursuing the conflict and like addressing <laughs> it. It's like, you know, no. for the most part, people just aren't wanting to handle it. Why is that? Um, I think it's hard. It's uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, no one, you don't, you, you, you get aroused as in like you, your blood pressure can get pumping. You can be angry and like, so it's not a comfortable situation. And so people usually don't like to change their homeostasis to yeah. use a science word. And so then like, <laughs> they don't want to change that. And so like, it's easier just to not deal with it than to actually work through it because it may be kind of deep rooted, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you have to be like transparent about how you're feeling and that may feel vulnerable, which yes. is a key, key alert <laughs> word for busted biscuits. Um, and so then they just avoid it. Just don't even want to do it. So people will generally just stay closed off and not open themselves up. So we've, we've kind of, like you mentioned, we did, we have talked a lot about that. Is there, is there a way to identify when that's happening in the moment? Is there an easy way to identify it? Like, how do we be self-aware? Mm. Well, that's what we say. Pay attention. <laughs> Be self-aware. Like noticing how you're addressing it. Like if you, okay. you know, are you having the conversation? Are you being honest? Are you tuning in? Um, you know, making sure that it's conversational again, that it's not yelling and that you really are seeking to solve the problem and you're not seeking to tear the other person down. Okay. Like it really needs to have a goal where you're doing that, I think. Yeah. And we're going to get into some of those mm-hmm. finer the steps of how to maybe yeah <laughs> okay so, well and then another thing that we're talking about in one of these books that i was studying is about um anger and conflict are like best friends mm, right yeah they're they're besties and um sometimes in relationships we feel too close or sometimes we feel too distant and so then we use anger to kind of create a conflict um so meaning like if I feel like you're spending too much time with me and I'm annoyed by that, instead of saying, hey, I need some space, I do something that makes you mad and then I pull away. And so I oh, get, I get okay. the space that I need that way instead of just saying, hey, I just need a break, right? Oh, okay. Or or the same thing, like you might, um, you already are feeling distant. And so then you get mad and create a conflict so that you can draw that person back in. And interact in some yeah, way. Yeah. So that's like, negative. Right. It's like having some kind of like contact with that person. So they kind of use anger to get their needs met. Mm. Yeah. No, it's not very fun. No. 
And they also use anger to like test their partner's loyalty. And they even with a friend, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a dating relationship, but like, you know, how if I fight with you and and leave, are you going to come after me? You know, are you going to stick with me in this? And so like they use it as a tool to kind of assess that. Or people can use conflict to like assert their power and control. So it's like trying to show your authority over what's going on. Like you're going to do what I say or I'm going to be mad at you. We're going to have this conflict because I need you to acquiesce and do what I'm asking and expecting you to do. I think I've lived through all of these. Okay. In one way or another. Okay. I I think my conflict has hit all of those. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, so at our house, like Todd is a nine on the Enneagram and he does not like conflict. And that's probably good because I could, I can, (laughs) listen, I've grown a lot. Okay. I've grown a lot, but my, my tool is definitely to create distance. Like I'll just get, get real quiet. Like I'll get mad and I'll just be quiet and I won't talk to him. And so part of that, I think it's twofold. One is I'm trying to manage myself because I'm so irritated that I'm probably going to say things that aren't nice and so I'm tr- <laughs> that I'm going to have to apologize for later. And so like, that's part of it to that's, self-monitor. That's a good thing, right? sort of. That's the healthy part. <laughs> the second part though is just like that I know that it makes him mad. <laughs> and so then I'll just shut down and I'll just, you know, freeze up. And so then usually he's the one that comes around and like Het says, Hey, we need to, you know, we need to resolve this. And so part of that's about being a leader in our family, right? That he would be willing to resolve that. So, but like big fights, we don't really have those anymore, but I mean, we could be good at it before. Like there was, there was a season in our marriage that we were um, probably professionals. <laughs> I would say the know, same thing right? in my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to it, the it, point where you were like wondering, I mean, you get to the point where you wonder if it's really even worth it, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is kind of sometimes how divorce happens, right? Right. With fights. Well, well, actually it's the research is saying that, um, families or couples that ignored, ignore, excuse me, the conflict, that's usually a sign that they're headed for divorce. Like it's a, really? it's an indicator. So if there's couples that aren't willing to engage in conflict, they don't address it and handle it and like resolve it, that that's a, a key indicator that divorce is on the horizon. So conflict is healthy. Okay. Oh yeah, it can be. But, but none of us feel like a, a conflict is healthy. <laughs> it feels painful and uncomfortable. Well, but it, you know, if <laughs> your goal is to solve a problem, you know, then okay. like you can, you can have conflict over it. It doesn't, conflict doesn't have to be angry and mean. It's just kind of a difference of opinion where you kind of like have to sort things out. Okay. And so like, sometimes we think of conflict as like screaming and yelling and breaking things and whatever. Like it doesn't have to be like that. Conflict can just be like two sides of a discussion where you're kind of working out where you need to land. And so healthy couples are able to do that, that they can see that they have a conflict and they're like willing to work towards a goal. Uh, unhealthy couples, they tend to make molehills out of mountains. They make mountains. Yeah. Okay. Mountains out of molehills. They make it a big problem. <laughs> I, I, I got to like kind of <laughs> stub my toe on that one, right? Um, but they, they create these things. And so like it's not... Um, it's not as big of a deal as it needs to be, but it just, they, it just explodes. And so like it, a sign or a marker of a healthy relationship is the ability to resolve conflict. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I'm growing then. I would have to say I'm growing in my relationships in that sense. That's good. Yeah. I think, um, probably a conflict spot for me could be with, with Todd and his driving. I think we talked about this. <laughs> like he doesn't put his brakes on as soon as I think he should. And neither do I. And neither do you. <laughs> this is true. Listen, 
I can't help it if I like stomp on the brake, the imaginary brake in the passenger seat. I don't know. Out of the three of us, I think if you're the one that's different, maybe it's a you issue no. and not so much. Listen, I don't want to die. Like my life Healthy is precious conflict. to me, right? And so like I'm choosing to stay alive. So I'm going to hit my brakes way sooner than the rest of you. When I brake, you don't even bounce forward. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I have to close my eyes sometimes because I'm and grab the side going, oh my gosh, we're going to die. Like you do, you do I, wait I, to the absolute last minute to hit your brakes. We can discuss see, I think this it's later. it's totally normal. No, it can't be normal. <laughs> I don't know if Todd and I are both doing it, then I, I'm going to say it's normal. I need to talk to Matt. What is he doing? Figure out what Matt Super is doing when it comes to breaking. But I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so like understanding that people approach things differently kind of yeah. would be the point of that. That, yeah. you know, just because it's not, they're not doing it the way that you want it done doesn't mean that you have to have conflict about it or that's really that big of a problem. So, um, so what did you have written down over there? Well, so I think what I wanted to talk about, some of what I had read on online and some um, resources that I had talked a little bit about how to deal with it, right? Okay. So you had said being aware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a healthy way to pro- progress through conflict. It, it doesn't, it's not as hard when you're kind of following a path and following some steps. And so right. I want to kind of give some information on that. Um, so first and foremost, don't ignore it. Kind of like we talked about in the beginning, you know, th- you, you push it off and you don't do anything with it. Um, don't ignore it because then it just becomes this thing that kind of accumulates. And it's like, you know, it rained really heavy and tree limbs fell down and they're in your yard and you're gathering them up and you're just kind of staring at them. You don't know what to do with it. This, that's what conflict is, right? Like if you don't deal with it, it kind of gathers up and then it, you get those explosive episodes yeah. of interaction. Yeah. Yep. Um, you get the, the things, you know, that you're holding on to you, the resentment settles in, the bitterness settles in and you're, you're reaching to grab for a lot of those things. Um, mm-hmm. when one thing happens, you, you bring everything with you and you're like, look at this big pile of stuff. Right. Right. Um, so you never truly resolve anything. Um, so the biggest thing is don't ignore it. I think the second one is some of what we've talked about before, where you have to be really direct uh, and state the problem, mm-hmm. you know, that, that yes. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like this. Yes. Um, be tender with my heart. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but stating the problem, um, you know, and don't ramble, don't, don't kind of whiff, waffle around it. Um, don't beat around the bush, be, be direct with what is happening. But at the same time, when we say be direct, you know, don't, don't, consider your tone. Um, yeah. Don't, don't blow up. Don't be angry in that moment. Don't try name and, call. Yeah. Try and, try and rein the, the emotion part of it in a little bit so that mm-hmm. you can have a constructive conversation. Um, we, we've talked before about, you know, those being in a state of arousal, you can't retain information and you right. can't kind of work through things. So, so making sure that we're, um, staying, staying, maintaining some calm and controlling that emotion a little bit as we're having these conversations if you're agitated and angry that's going to reflect you know people are going to get angry back and be defensive Mm -hmm. where if you just kind of approach it in a in a neutral tone or in a neutral way um you know it's going to be much better it's going to be much more for sure i would agree with that Yeah. yeah um what else uh laying blame Oh, I yeah. think you had a you had a good story. For this I one. did. So um, it's easy to see with my children, I think. So Claire had done something that was um, naughty. And so she'd gotten in trouble. And so then Coco was with my, my middle daughter. So Claire's the youngest. Um, Coco came and like, well, tattled on her essentially. Right. And told us what was going on. And so then when Claire got in trouble for that, she was really mad at Coco. And she said, you know, I can't believe you told on me, like was really fussing at her. And so I said to her, Claire, 
you can't be blaming Coco for the fact that you're in trouble. Like if you hadn't done the behavior, then there wouldn't be anything for you to be in trouble about. Like there'd been nothing for her to report back. And so like, you got to own your behavior and make sure that you are taking responsibility for your role in this. And so, um, I think oftentimes we kind of sidestep that. Like another example to think about is if, um, in a relationship where maybe, um, one spouse pays the bills. Well, you know, um, and then they, then all of a sudden the utilities are cut off. And so instead of the spouse that pays the bills saying, um, taking ownership, of, Oh, I didn't get the bill paid in time. It's like you tell, you yell at the spouse, you don't, the other spouse, Hey, you don't make enough money for us to pay the bills. This is your fault. You know, like they aren't owning that their <laughs> yeah. own behavior is what's caused this problem. Right. Right. You know? And so I think blame can be problematic for sure. When I think it goes back to deflecting one of those oh, original yeah. things that yep. you had said, like you, like you said, you shift it to something else. You don't want to own it. And so take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, don't drag up the old stuff. That was one of the things on the list. And we kind of talked a little bit about that with like the, you know, if you don't address it, it's going to, it's going to accumulate. Uh-huh. So don't drag in all of those old fights or those old issues or the things that you haven't resolved yet. Don't bring them to the table right now. Right. Focus on the one thing that you should be focused on. Um, the one thing that's happening right now in the present, have a conversation about it, work through it. Well, and also like, don't bring up things that have been resolved. Yeah, you know, like if if you've got a situation that you has been resolved between you and whoever you're fighting with, like the next fight you have, you don't need to bring that back up because that one's done. Give me a good example of that. Oh, okay. So, hmm. Keep talking and I'll try to think of one. Um, A good example of how to not bring something back up. Um, I mean, immediately to my head comes cheating, right? Like that's a hard one. Yeah. To not keep bringing up. (laughs) Right. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of a deep one. So, but if, if your spouse or partner uh, cheats on you and uh, you decide to work through it, you stay in the marriage. And so then that, that doesn't need to be something that you bring up all the time. Right. Because like you've, you've said, they've said, sorry, they've changed their behavior. Like you don't need to keep beating them over the head about it. Um, but there might be a time that you need to bring it back up. So let's say that, um, that there, that the, spouse that was cheated on starts to see behaviors that look similar. Like, Hey, I noticed that you were talking to this girl longer than I would have liked. Um, that makes me uncomfortable, like based on our history, that makes me uncomfortable. So like that would make sense to have to bring it back up because like it's old stuff, but it's new parts of it. Right. And so like you would need to, to resolve that piece. Um, because it's like, you're kind of getting triggered by it. Understood. But you don't need to like tell them, you know, if you had never cheated on me, I wouldn't have to deal with these problems. And this is all your fault that, that I'm feeling insecure. I mean, <laughs> that may be true. Right. <laughs> but, but that's not really about resolving. Yeah. It. That's about yeah. like, that's placing blame. And it's like, you want to resolve the situation. So you need to have awareness of this is how I'm feeling with this, in this mm-hmm. activity. When this is happening, can we manage that? Yeah. Can we address have that. The, have the communication. I think one of the things that's popping in right now into my head is that sometimes these are easier to dress, address when they're not an issue. Is that some, is that an option for people? So like you have something that maybe happened that you didn't address, but you decide to bring it up at a different time. Well, um, like you've had like a cooling down period. Is it safe listen, to do that? Jen Stanley is always going to tell you to talk about it. Like that is not going to be an option. I don't list. Okay. And so I also don't ever feel like a conversation has to be completely over. So meaning like if you missed an opportunity, so let's say that, um, I'm dealing with something with my girls and, uh, they, and we're, the conversation is done. We'll have another, another issue that I need to bring up. But sometimes you think, oh, well, the moment's passed. I don't need to talk about this again. Like, I don't need to bring it up. 
But if it's a new issue, I think it's okay to kind of circle back around and say, hey, you know what? I was thinking about this and this came to mind. And so I want to take this opportunity to talk to you about it. And so like, I think it's okay, but you don't want to like get newly mad with whatever happened, you know, and like, oh yeah, well we talked about everything, but this, and now I'm mad about this. Like you need to, it should again, be about resolving the conflict, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. I I gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. So communication, obviously we've been doing a lot of talking about that in general, um, making sure that you are communicating, making sure that we're following some of those foundational things that we've talked about before, right? Active listening. So you want to communicate directly, but you also want to hear what they have to say as Mm -hmm. a response. That response is actually going to give you some perspective um, to be able to better understand where they were coming from. Um, I was reading online, there's this thing called a perception check. Uh Um, It's actually pretty, pretty interesting, right? And so they had given some examples, um, basically saying, you know, like, you didn't text me today. I've done this with my husband. You didn't text me today. Why did you not text me today? Instead of asking, why didn't you text me and making it seem like you're you're upset about something, uh, you know, you can always clarify what, what the perception is. Like, I thought maybe you were mad at me. Um, was it just, you know, are you mad at me or was it just that you were too busy? Mm-hmm. Like give some options and say, which one is it? Because I want to know. And if there's something I can address, then we're going to have a conversation about it. Right. If not, you were busy. Oh my goodness. Open those lines of communication and tell me about your day. What right. was so busy that, you know, what was so busy that kept you f- from communicating? Well, and I also think that just being aware that your perception could be wrong. Yeah. Like you could draw a conclusion that isn't even there. Well, I think we do that a lot. Oh, my word. Right. (laughs) And so then like understanding that, well, you may think of that this is what happened, but there could be two or three other explanations. And so you need to entertain those until you get the information from them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's important. Also using I statements. You got to use I statements. Like an example would be instead of me going, Jill, you're a terrible driver. You make me feel (laughs) unsafe when I ride with you. Like, right. Mm-hmm. You, you make me scared. You're going to kill me. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so to use I statements would for me to say, Jill, I feel unsafe when you don't put your brakes on until the very last minute. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to die when I ride with you in this passenger seat. And I would say, Jennifer, that is how I was taught to drive. And I promise that I won't <laughs> let you die in my car. <laughs> Also, Matt super likes to ride like a gangster. Like his, he has his thing all the way back and all the way laid down. I'm like, good grief. Who's, who took a nap in here? Like He's no one. He's six four. So it's okay. kind of like he has to. I know, right? <laughs> he doesn't he needs have room. room for his head. His head hits the, the top right. or his legs hit the. Right. <laughs> so I can to. totally tell when he's been in that passenger seat if I get in your car. <laughs> yes. Okay. Moving on. Next thing. Okay. Um, the last one I think I had was be open-minded. Um, you know, as, as, as conflicts as conflict escalates, we're more likely to, um, less likely to find a solution. And the ultimate goal is to really resolve the issue. Right. Um, so be open-minded, be like, as part of that communication, when you're listening, really truly listen to what they're saying to you, uh, gain that perspective on their, you know, their side of it and seek to understand. We've yes. talked about that a lot. That's our buzz phrase, you know, in that, in regards to this is that you need to take the time to seek to understand what's going on. Don't assume that you already know. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there could be a myriad of explanations for why things have happened the way they did. And so give your person that you're arguing with an opportunity to express that. I can't tell you how much conflict can be avoided if you just take a moment to say, let me understand where you're coming from. Well, and the other thing is a lot of times we operate from emotion, right? So we're, we're reacting in emotion and we we're listening with our emotions. And really, if we take a step back and just be objective and Mm -hmm. say, what are the, what are the facts in this? Like, I know I feel this way and this is what I, 
what I think happened. Yeah. But, you know, what is it they're saying to me? Like, what was the the logic or the, the rationale for what happened? And right. so you really have to, you really have to rein that emotion in, um, in, in order to listen effectively. Well, and I know this isn't always the case, but if there's space between what happened and this conversation, um, like that you're having to resolve it. So like Mm -hmm. you get mad, you find out about something that's made you angry. If you're not in the midst of the fight, this would be a little bit easier to do. Yes. But like to assess and look for these three different things, look for the intent, like what was intended to happen in this situation? Like was, were, what was the real meaning of what happened here? Did some, did you intend to make me angry? Did you intend to ignore my feelings? Did you intend to cause this problem? Right? Like, did you do it on purpose? Yeah. Do you (laughs) intend to scare me to death when you drive? No. Right. Answer. Oh, you better not. And then, (laughs) then also to assess for stability of, of character, meaning like, Mm, so whatever you're seeing happen, is that something that is like a personality trait or is this like a one-time deal? Right. So like, um, uh, if you're dismissive of my feelings, like, is that just a one-time deal that you've dismissed me or do you constantly dismiss my feelings? Like really understanding, like, is this something that, that needs to be addressed as far as like long-term behavior or is this just like in this situation, I feel like, you know, that you dismiss me. How do you, how do you address that? Cause I know we've had like a couple of comments come in and you know, I joke about my husband in the paper, but that is a repetitive thing. So how do you address that in a way that doesn't make someone feel bad or lay blame or, or any of the other things that we've talked about so far? Uh, I think it sounds like, I feel like this is something that happens to us quite a bit. I feel like that we frequently have an issue about where the paper is gone. Is there, is there something I can do to help you so that we don't have to fight about this, where we put papers? Like, is there a special place that we should put important papers so that when Matt super needs to find them, he knows where to look and we don't have to fight about that. You know, like, like creating a solution or, you know, having the conversation about it, just discussing it. Okay. So what if that has to do with like, um, um, what if that's like on a more personal level, like someone not remembering like my birthday, right? If my husband, I mean, my husband has forgot my birthday. Yes. But if yeah. he habitually did that, or if he didn't, you know, if he didn't know the things about me that I would expect after 25 years, how do you address that at this point? We definitely use I statements. I feel dismissed when okay. you miss my birthday. I feel like I'm not important to you when you ignore me or when you um, have that when you don't know that this is what I like, that, um, that nerd clusters are my favorite. Like that <laughs> I feel, I feel unseen in these moments. So like, it's definitely the I statement thing and saying, okay. is this something that we can change? Like, is this something that we can work on and be different, you know, about it? So just be direct, have the conversation. Yes. Okay. Always. All yeah. the things. <laughs> direct. Definitely. And okay. then also like how voluntary was it that this happened? So like, is, was it voluntary or involuntary? Is it something that you could have controlled? Was it uncontrollable? Was it spontaneous? Was it planned? Like whatever was happening that caused the problem. Like, can you understand like the kind of the motive, but similar to intent, but like, did they have control over what was happening? Okay. That makes sense. Cause sometimes you don't have control over what's going on. That makes you mad. Yeah. Or, you, or the what? work situations I think would apply to that one. Can you think a, of an example? Uh, it's more just, um, like I'm not the boss and, you know, somebody's making decisions and those decisions are maybe not the best decision. Um, oh, I got one. Okay. What? So a friend of mine I was just talking to today was telling me about how when her mother was on her deathbed, like mm-hmm. she lived out of, t- out of state, like she lived in Las Vegas. And so our family was in Pennsylvania. And so then she was needing to fly to get here. 
And so her sisters were at her mom's bedside and they said to the mom, hey, you don't have to wait on our sister to get here. If you want to go ahead and go, you can go. And so then her mom passed. And so then my friend was like, I've been really angry over the fact that my sisters didn't consider my feelings, you know, about how I would feel about not getting to see my mom for the last time. And so like we kind of talked through it today. It's kind of like, well, first of all, we don't know that that's what caused your mom to pass that quickly. Right. We don't really know that, you know, and then two, we need to understand that their intent wasn't to slight you as a person, but it was like to bring peace to your mother. Yeah. And so they, they weren't like looking to try to cause you harm. Did it hurt? Absolutely. Does that mean that, that, um, you should talk to them about it? You definitely can. Um, but maybe it's something that you can let go of and don't even have to hold on to because you understand that their intent wasn't on purpose. They weren't looking to try to hurt you or they weren't, you know, causing you pain on purpose. That's a really good example. Yeah, it is a good one. It happened just today. It was supposed to be. It's meant to be that we talk about it. What do you have now? I don't have anything else. What do you got? Well, I've got a little bit about like, um, that you need to be committed to resolving the problem. Oh, yes. Like that's Oh, yes. So we're moving important. on to resolving. Yeah. Okay. Let's take care of this problem. All right. And so, um, and we kind of said that throughout the conversation today is that like, you want to make sure that uh, your goal is to solve it and not just to like, keep it stirred up that you okay. want to have resolution at the end. And so you want to make sure that you're saying statements about like, um, try to, that I hear what you're saying. This is what I heard. Is that what you said? You know, like making sure that you were able to receive the message that was being communicated. Active listening. Yes. You want to make sure that you're trying to see the other person's point of view. Perspective. Yes. I feel like I do that a lot here in in the counseling room here that like I'll have a married couple in here. And so the the one person will say their side, the other person will say theirs. And I'm like, yep, I see both sides of this problem. (laughs) You know, like I can see where you're coming from and this one's yours. And I can see where you're coming from and this is yours. Like I get why we're here. Now, what are we going to do about it? You know? And so, but seeking to do that, I try to encourage them. You need to be respectful. Even if they aren't being respectful to you, you need to do what you can to be respectful. Modeling. Yes. Which we talked about. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you need to make sure you understand that you really only have control over yourself. Like you can't change the other person. Mm. There's scripture and I meant to look up the reference, but it says, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. I know that it's in the book of Romans. Um, But like making sure that you aren't the one causing conflict. Okay. Right. That, you know, like if you can resolve it, if you can manage it, you know, if you can, for me, that's like, if I can manage it within myself and not have to have a conversation with somebody, then I'm going to try to do that. You know, like if I can handle it within myself. Um, but like, don't go stirring up the hornet's nest. Like try okay. to live at peace with everyone as best you can. Leave Todd and Jill alone. That's Well, if y'all <laughs> drive right, I wouldn't have to talk to you about it. <laughs> anyway, so make sure that you aren't har- harboring resentment, bitterness, or hatred. Um, and then don't use the you statements because we're saying use I statements. So you're like, you make me mad. You should. You always. like You're uh, crazy. You're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you drive terribly. Like... <laughs> You're nuts. (laughs) Right. So you don't want to say that. And so then don't get drawn into useless arguments. Like make sure that you kind of pay attention to what you're actually talking about and make sure you're talking about what you should be talking about and that you aren't like going in circles, but that you really are trying to solve that problem. Yeah. Not bringing all the the old old stuff in, keeping it direct Mm -hmm. to the point, focus on what the issue is now. Mm -hmm. And then don't expect an immediate change. Like it may. I I love this one. Yeah. Like you may need to wait that out. That may not happen uh, right away. Because, like, you're having to learn new ways of interacting with things. Yes. And then, um, let's see. 
Oh, so don't, don't think that you have to have a perfect solution, like celebrate any gains that you have. Like it may not look exactly what you want it to look like, but you need to celebrate when there's some, you see some change. I think that's my favorite one at the, when you were going through your list of them, I think that's my favorite one out of all of them because really, I mean, we're not perfect. Nothing is ever perfect in relationships. There is compromise. And for you to always get what you want is Mm -hmm. not it's not realistic and it's not really healthy. Yeah. Um, at, at the end, you know, at the end of it all, because h- how fair is it for someone always to else, someone al- else always to have to give up yeah. in order or, or well, acquiesce. And so I have a sign here in my office that says dirt for your ruts. And I honestly oh, yeah. don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast before or not. So. Okay. So this, I got from my friend Susie, um, who is Amish and like, what a beautiful insight into this, but talking about how, like, if, if you can see a rut, if you consider a rut as something that you like, you a problem behavior like that you kind of fall into you fall in this pattern of behavior and so you're wanting to change and so then if you put a little dirt in your ruts start to change a little bit then that rut isn't near as deep and so you so the next time you're faced with that problem you don't go near as deep into it did you still stumble on it and and fall into it yes but you don't go all the way to the bottom of that because there's some dirt in that rut and so slowly over time, as you change, you get more and more dirt in your ruts. And then eventually you get to the point where maybe you just stub your toe on it. Or you get to the point where like there's the dirt is totally filled in in that rut and you can just walk over that spot and it doesn't even hit anymore. And so like, I think we, we need to do that in our own selves as we're looking for change is like celebrate those slight changes that happen because, um, we can be amazing at like beating ourselves up and going, Oh, I thought mm-hmm. I had this whipped. I, I fell in this problem again. Like, you know, I had this issue. And so like, we don't uh, give ourselves credit for the fact, yeah, but you didn't stay in the, the rut as long and mm-hmm. it didn't hurt as bad. And like these changes are happening. And so like, eventually you get to the point where like you can, you are faced with that situation and it doesn't even come up anymore. And so like g- giving yourself permission to get better. Yeah. I mean, I think about that in some of the relationships that I have in the the conflict that used to be there. You know, I, I joke about the paper, like that's, that's our fight. That's our dumb fight. Yeah. We laugh about it most of the time now. Yeah. Unless one of us is moody, we laugh about it now. Yes. And so you're right. It like eventually it becomes, it becomes less of an issue because you've addressed it. You've talked through it. You know, it's still going to happen, but, mm-hmm. but you know, you can, you can make light of it and know that it's not purposeful. It's just, yeah. yeah. Well, and then acknowledging that the, there's dirt for your ruts for your partner or the person that you're mm. working with, right? Because sometimes as an outsider, you see the change before the person dealing with the issue sees the change. And so being able to speak forth that, I can say, you know what? I noticed that this time, yes, this made you mad or yes, you handled it this way, but this is what you didn't do. And so this is the growth and this is the change that I'm seeing in you and like celebrating that. And like, don't be afraid to do that because when some, you see change in someone else and you tell, call it out, if someone calls out change and means that, Hey, Jen Stanley, I've noticed that you are better at handling X, Y, Z situation. That feels good. Right. Especially mm-hmm. if they know I'm working on it, you know, like, Hey, you know what? I noticed this change in you. And so like for someone to celebrate that with you and go, I can see that things are different. Like, this is a good thing. Like that feels amazing. And so don't withhold that from somebody. If you notice change, like celebrate that. I, I will say I have those examples in my life as well, just because mm-hmm. of, of growing through some of this stuff um, and, and applying some of what we talk about here. Um, it definitely, you're right. It definitely makes a difference. It, it You can see somebody like, almost physically their stature changes right like they stand taller they're like oh somebody saw that and oh I, I I'm doing better right like it truly does make a difference for some people mm-hmm. the confidence that 
that you can see kind of growing in them just is is, it's amazing well because i honestly think that the enemy has a seat at our table and Mm -hmm. will tell us things about ourselves that like we're never going to change it's never going to get better you know we'll tell you awful things and so then we start to believe that and so when someone else around us can like celebrate that change within us then i think it, it lessens the ability of the enemy to like to convince us otherwise if that makes sense. It does. Like, absolutely. You, you know, you're hearing truth from someone else. And so like, don't be afraid to give someone truth because man, it feels good when you get it yourself. Absolutely. So anything else you got over there? Anything written down? No, I don't think so. Okay. I'm, I'm good too. So, okay. um, yeah, conflict is something that we should expect to face, but it doesn't have to be like breaking. It doesn't have to be, um, like dividing it, it, it can be like in, in a healthy way. If you can learn to manage your conflict, then you can have a deeper connection with a person. And, um, and you don't, you don't have to keep coming back to these same places over and over. So our goal should always be to solve conflict, to resolve it. It's beautiful. It is. Thank you. So next week, we're going to talk about bringing out the best in your friends. Like yeah. we think this one might go a little bit deep. So we'll see what happens <laughs> when, when we start um, recording this one and talking about it. So yeah. until next time, when we... Bust some biscuits.